I did something very unusual the other day, something that I don't do very often, uh, something that I don't think Emmeline has realised that I have done yet. I did some... Yeah, there's a bit of a look there. I did some tidying in my study. Uh, I picked up books and I put them onto the shelves. I took some old sermons off the floor and put them in the blue topped wheelie bin. I gathered up a collection of old sweetie wrappers that had my dentist seen I would have got a severe telling off and they too went in the bin and then as I tidied on my desk yeah, my, my desk still looks incredibly untidy I hasten to add but uh, as I tidied on my desk I found a small slip of paper and I thought ooh there's a tell receipt. I wonder if I can count it against my tax return for the year just ended. But um, the, then I saw that it was a voucher, a discount voucher. Um, an invitation to save money by spending money. <laughs> it's from Curry's at Crawley. And other electrical stores and other towns do exist. Uh, I just want to put that out there. It says, spruce up your kitchen. Save 10% on selected small kitchen appliances. Excludes microwaves. I love how it narrows the field. It gives you that bit about spruce up your kitchen. And then it's on selected, small, excludes. You know, it narrows it down. Only it gets narrower still as I read on. Because, um, the, like many vouchers that you might get, it's got an expiry date. Valid until... 31st of July 2015 <laughs> I'm not sure how much use the voucher is and how much it would help me if I went into Curry's the date is passed by a wide margin no use now completely expired the passage today has an invitation sent to Jesus. It's not to a sale, not to a celebration of a party of any particular size. It's to come. Come, your friend who you love is sick. Come, he is really ill. Come quickly, you love him. Come is the message of the few words that are sent. 
some of you may have experienced getting a phone call that says come come now and you do your utmost to work out how you will go and sometimes it is easy and other times there's great difficulty maybe great distance involved other commitments which prevent you many of you know that I was in that situation a couple of years ago when my dad had a stroke and to begin with when I got that call all I could do was stop and pray and cry but then the action came the the cancelling of what I was doing that week the planning of what I would do the buying of the train ticket the packing of a bag Emily sorting out the kids and so forth when the call to come is heard you go you respond unless you're strictured in such a way that you just can't go two days pass before the Lord says let's go two days and there are clues later on in the chapter that suggest Bethany was a long journey from where Jesus was at the time he received the summons and also that the day he gets the notification is probably actually the day that Lazarus had died by the time he hears the news of course there weren't any phones or internet in them days and getting a message to somebody would take time by the time he hears the news it doesn't matter how fast he would travel how quickly he would pick up his things such that he had it was already past the date the situation had gone beyond the message Lazarus was dead it's too late to arrive too late to heal a sick friend but the passage is not really about Lazarus being ill or about the possibility of Lazarus being healed and the reading finishing up verse 16 is more about Christ coming into the world and us choosing to be his people. The letter from Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, asked for Jesus to come to Bethany in Judea. They do not write that message lightly. They fear for their brother. They love Jesus. And they worship him and they serve him with their life. And the scriptures give examples of this. But they would also be aware that if Jesus comes to Judea, he's going to be in grave danger. 
if Jesus comes to their home in Bethany, his life is at risk. It's but a couple of miles from the holy city of Jerusalem. The city where just a a couple of months earlier, in the December, at the festival of dedication, the crowd were about to stone Jesus for blasphemy. Jesus' life is at risk if he goes to respond to his friend. When God's people called for God to send the Messiah, spoken of by the prophets, they were asking for God's anointed one to come into a world so broken, a world so challenging, that they knew they could not resolve it themselves. It needed a new leader. It needed somebody different. It needed God's anointed. They prayed for a Messiah because of their oppression and the injustices that they faced. The pain they suffered on a daily basis. They called for God to bring someone to rescue them. And they were in need of rescue. They were like a boat without a rudder in a stormy sea about to hit the rocks. And what do you do in that situation? You call on the radio or fire a flare. In the hope that in that stormy sea, that place of danger and potential destruction, the place where your life is at risk, others will put their life at risk. The crew of boat asking others to put their life on the line. God heard the cry of his people. Come. And he sent Jesus into the world. He chose to send his son among them. Into the world of danger. Where his life was on the line. So that they would be rescued. But perhaps not in the way they expected. When you call out to God in prayer. As we have done this morning. When you pray to him. What are you asking him to do? How do you think the situation will be resolved? He will answer our Prayers, not always in the way we expect. Sometimes he will move mightily by his Holy Spirit, speaking words of guidance directly to an individual, maybe that they should change their ways, maybe bringing his healing touch, and we see a mighty miracle. 
we see that in situations like the calming of the storm. Where Jesus has the power to calm the troubled sea. But at other times, what God does is move the Spirit to inspire individuals to declare the gospel with words and actions. God might move the person that's praying to resolve the situation themselves. Or you might call upon them to be part of the solution. Think of the things you have prayed for. How will God answer those prayers? Is he calling you to be part of the solution? Part of what he is doing. When we pray for places where the church is maybe persecuted. Do we realise in our prayers that we might respond to part of that need? When we think of those struggling with poverty. Do we think of how God might want us to respond in ways including giving to the food bank? But perhaps more than that too. Maybe gaining an understanding of how such situations occur. And how we might take a part in stopping those situations occur or developing again in the future. Jesus says, let us go back to Judea. It's more than saying, oh, come on, let's go on a journey. Let's head off. It's not like Emily and I saying on Tuesday morning, let's go off to Minehead. It's more than plotting a geographical route ahead. It is God calling him forward and Jesus calling the disciples forward. It's calling them to be the people on the doorstep of Jerusalem. It's saying, let us answer the call of the world, not just the family of Lazarus. But let us go on and do who, what we need to do. Be the people we are meant to be. And the disciples know that there is danger there, just as Jesus does. There is danger stepping out as God's people. Because it can be a shaky path ahead. And not everyone's going to agree with you. And we see that in Thomas's response. It recognises the issue there. And I don't think it's with a cynical tone that Thomas responds. He might think it's not the wisest idea 
that his teacher has ever come out with. But I believe he says it with honesty and integrity. Let us follow the call of our Lord. Let us go where he goes, however challenging that may be. Let us go and die with him. If God challenges you to do something, and it's not maybe in your best personal interest, you might lose money, you might lose a bit of time, you might lose some status. How do you respond? Do you gladly say, I'll go there with you, Lord? I will go and always live for you, even to death. Or do you refuse the invitation and turn down the offer, hoping that the time will pass on the invitation? God might forget about it. Maybe that situation will resolve itself. Maybe God will send somebody else if I just wait a bit. That's not how it works, is it? When God calls, we have to follow. Jesus hadn't simply been postponing things. He'd not been procrastinating. He'd not been thinking, really? You know, back to Judea? No, don't fancy that much. No, in those days he waited. And the delay gave testimony to what he would do. How he would be seen to bring change. How he would bring life. How God's name would be glorified. And how there would be a taste of what was yet to come. Mortal death need not be the end. But a marker of changing position in our relationship with God. But it is only that if we acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Saviour. So may he be our Lord. May we each listen to his call. And may we live each day for him. Amen.